Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, we are continuing our series through the team previews for all of the teams in the NFL from a fantasy football perspective. We have done the Arizona Cardinals, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Baltimore Ravens. We are now moving to the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East, a pretty interesting team from a fantasy football perspective. They went 6-10 and last year, but I do think they are probably a better team this year than they were last year. Uh, remember that they gave Nathan Peterman uh, two starts last year, Derek Anderson two starts, and even the illustrious Matt Barkley one start, a quarterback with only 11 starts for Josh Allen. Josh Allen actually went 5-6 and six as a starter. Peterman and Anderson lost both their starts. Barkley won his. But uh, I actually think Josh Allen, which is where we're going to start at the quarterback position, is an incredibly interesting player for fantasy football because running just matters so much at the quarterback position that I think Allen could even have a bad to mediocre passing season and still finish in the top 12 at the quarterback position in fantasy football. So last year in 12 starts, Allen threw 2,074 yards, 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, had an adjusted yards per attempt of 5.4, a quarterback rating of 67, and was sacked 28 times in 11 starts. So that's not great. At the same time, he did lead two fourth quarter comebacks and had three game-winning drives, but perhaps most importantly, he actually led the team in rushing with 631 yards, eight rushing touchdowns, a long rush of 45, and 7.1 yards per rushing attempt. However, Josh Allen is a little bit different from the running quarterback that we talked about just yesterday, Lamar Jackson. Allen doesn't run as many times per game. In fact, only averaged 7.4 rushes per game because what he is doing a lot of the time is not uh, designed runs. He does a lot more scrambling, a lot more improvising. And I think that there are reasons to be concerned about that for a long-term perspective for the Bills. But for right now, that's actually probably a plus for Josh Allen in terms of his fantasy football value because quarterback scrambles are actually probably, well, not even probably, definitely more valuable than quarterback design runs. Design runs just have a ceiling. The entire defense is set for it. The entire defense is ready for it. On the other hand, a quarterback scramble generally comes when the quarterback can't find an easy pass to make, sees, you know, just some yardage in front of him, takes eight yards, nine yards, ten yards. I mean, how many times have you seen uh, a slow, immobile quarterback like Phillip Rivers or Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? Like, even those guys in a scramble situation can pick up eight, nine yards. When it's a guy like Josh Allen, those scrambles can turn into 30 yards or 45-yard touchdowns or he takes a linebacker on or hits a safety with his shoulder. Uh, And we, of course, have to remember his legendary game in Week 17 against the Dolphins. 224 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, rushing nine times for 95 yards, and two rushing touchdowns. Josh Allen is probably one of the most polarizing players in fantasy football right now because I'm pretty certain he's going to have games where he just feels like he's unplayable. You, You watch him play and you go, there's just no way that I can start this guy next week. I just don't want him on my roster. He looks horrible. And then all of 
a sudden he's going to look horrible and they're going to play against some, you know, really strong defense, the Ravens or whoever, and he's going to go out and have a, a phenomenal game where he rushes for 110 yards, puts up three total touchdowns, and ends up in like a millionaire maker winning lineup because he's a super high variance quarterback. Um, I don't have a particularly high opinion of the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator and coaching situation. I think that they are mostly kind of fine, but I don't think that they have, I don't think that they are the sort of forward thinking kind of air raid, super dynamic offense that is going to be able to design something that really is tailored to Allen's skill sets and makes it easy for him to make a lot of easy throws. Like, for example, I think that Kyler Murray is in the, he's just in the most ideal possible situation that a young quarterback can be in. I think that Josh Allen and another quarterback in his draft class, Sam Darnold, have been really put behind the eight ball in terms of the coaches that they are with. And I think that the coaches that they are with are going to kind of limit what their ceiling would be because what Josh Allen really needs is he needs kind of an offensive guru, right? He needs a quarterback guru, someone who looks and what he is capable of doing and designs an offense around that. And I just, well, I guess what I should say is Allen's not behind the eight ball, but I don't think that there's any existing evidence that suggests that Sean McDermott and the offensive coordinating staff in Buffalo have the ability to design an offense that really tailors itself to making life easier for Josh Allen the way that Sean McVay has done for Jared Goff, the way that Matt Nagy has done for Mitch Trubisky. I actually think Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky are like sort of comparable players in terms of questionable decision-making, inability to make throws to certain parts of the field, but really good scrambling and rushing ability. That would sort of be the the upside case for Josh Allen would be what Mitch Trubisky did last year in Chicago where he had all those crazy rushing games, had the the 45-point game against uh, Tampa Bay. So do I like Josh Allen in fantasy football? Absolutely. Uh, I like him a lot in best ball when you can match him with a more stable quarterback source. So like if you take Josh Allen, you should probably take someone that you feel extremely confident is going to start 16 games regard unless they get injured. So someone like Phillip Rivers, uh, Dak Prescott, these are really good examples of guys that you'd want to match with Josh Allen later in, in best ball drafts, just so that you have the ability to know you're getting a starting quarterback uh, score every single week and capturing some of Allen's upside. And redraft, I like him a little bit as well. I think he'll probably be frustrating in weekly management leagues because I think some of his big spiked weeks are going to come against tough opposition or just going to be generally uh, unpredictable. You're, you're just not going to know. He he would sort of be the equivalent of like a, a de- like he's like the Devery Henderson of quarterbacks, right? Where his spiked weeks are, are going to come. You know he's going to have weeks with four touchdowns and 110 rushing yards. You just are not exactly sure when those are going to happen because they're going to not happen in the flow of the game. They're not going to happen in a predictable volume way. They're just going to happen because Josh Allen is really athletic and is able to make those plays happen. So I would I would definitely draft him, but I just acknowledge that in drafting him, sometimes you're you're going to eat a couple 7-point weeks probably in addition to the, you know, the few 28 or 32 pointers that he's able to give you. The backup quarterbacks in Buffalo I mean, Matt Barkley is a total retread. No, no need to talk about him on a fantasy football podcast. Tyree Jackson is actually sort of like a little interesting from a, a deep dynasty perspective. He and Allen are sort of similar style players. Tyree Jackson played at the local university in Buffalo. Is a really good runner. Uh, not a super accurate passer, but like in, a, in like a 30-man, uh, 2QB league, I, I can see a reason for him to be rostered. Moving on to the running back situations. As of right now, so in mid-July, LaShawn McCoy is still... 
still on the roster. Is he still going to be on the roster in August? Is he still going to be in the roster uh, on September? I, I am not so certain about that. There's a lot of rumblings that he probably is not going to be. Uh, LaShawn McCoy apparently said that he really wanted Frank Gore to sign with the Bills, but... Uh, you know, in, in practice, uh, in the organized team activities, LaShawn McCoy didn't show up, and Frank Gore and Devin Singletary were the running backs who were sharing the first team reps. And I would actually probably expect that's what's going to happen to start the year. I don't think LaShawn McCoy is super likely to be on this team. Uh, maybe he starts the year, but he's in a rotation with Gore and Singletary. But really, there's just not a ton of fantasy value in this backfield. I, I don't see any of McCoy, Gore, Singletary, or Yeldon really having great fantasy games at all. I mean, sure, there, there should be some touchdowns there because playing with rushing quarterbacks does open up running lanes and there's a bunch of evidence to suggest that playing with running quarterbacks has a positive impact on yards per carry for running backs but McCoy over the hill Frank Gore over the hill doesn't really work in the passing game anymore I guess Singletary probably does have some nominal upside so say LaShawn McCoy gets traded you know back to Philly or gets cut or whatever and then Frank Gore is just like, you know what? I'm cool just playing this complimentary role. I'll take 80 carries. Uh, I'll give me some goal line work. I could actually see Devin Singletary getting something like, you know, 210 carries, 45 targets with TJ Yeldon coming in and playing more on the passing downs. It is just crazy that in the offseason, this team added Gore, Singletary, and Yeldon. And as of yet, McCoy's still on the roster. I think this is a situation where if in best ball drafts you wanted to cheaply buy Singletary and Yeldon, I would I would understand because I see upside there for both of them. You know, Singletary could could run into like a nine touchdown season if he gets that goal line role. Yeldon, really, if McCoy's not on the roster, Yeldon is really the only running back on the roster that is like adept at catching passes. And I think similar to what the Ravens might do, I actually think that when you have a quarterback that struggles with accuracy, especially down the field, I think a smart thing to do is generate more running back targets. So maybe Yeldon has like a 65 target season or something like that. I don't feel extremely confident in that uh, projection and that prediction. In general, this is just not a running... I, I maybe taken Singletary in like two of my 85 best ball drafts or something and he's definitely not a guy that I would be drafting in a weekly management league because he's probably well I mean he's just would be a guy that you're probably going to cut after week one forever the hot waiver wire pickup is uh yeah just not a ton really interesting to talk about in this backfield Marcus Murphy might make the team because he plays special teams but he's not really worth discussing much either probably very unlikely in his path fantasy football relevant moving on to the wide receiver position uh, the three starting wide receivers for this offense are going to be John Brown well I, we know too John Brown and Cole Beasley are for sure going to be offensive starters in 11 personnel for this offense and there should be a a, a pretty good battle for whoever ends up starting at the wide receiver two spot opposite John Brown with Cole Beasley out there. It could be Zay Jones or it could be Robert Foster. If Robert Foster wins the job, John Brown and Cole Beasley will probably like switch off playing slot because Robert Foster is like kind of a pure boundary wide receiver. If Zay Jones wins out on the battle, Robert Foster is probably like a situational player. He's the fourth wide receiver. Uh, I've not taken Cole Beasley in one draft. I am, I'm through, I, you know, I've done, I've done a hundred drafts at this point, probably even more. There's just no point in taking Cole Beasley. He has no ceiling. He has no floor in what should be probably a low volume offense that's based around explosive plays. Cole Beasley is not explosive. Um, but Robert Foster, 
yeah, I've taken him a couple times in drafts where I have Josh Allen, even if I think his, his ceiling on the year might be like 50 targets or something. But what do we know about Robert Foster? Dude's crazy fast. Dude gets down the field. Uh, he So he's like a guy, again, relevant for best ball leagues. Yeah. And, and oh, I, only when you have Josh Allen, though. There's no point in taking him when you have, you know, Phil Rivers and Kyler Murray, just because I don't think I don't think he offers enough spike week potential. But when you get him in correlation with Josh Allen, I think he's worth he, I think he's worth a decent roster spot because I, I don't think Zay Jones just completely goes away. I think kind of worst case scenario, Foster and, and Jones rotate. The big name here is, of course, John Brown. Uh, seemingly a kind of a perfect marriage of speed down the field, and Allen does have an absolute cannon. Say whatever you want about uh, about his accuracy or about his decision making, but the dude does have an absolute cannon. Uh, John Brown is someone I would draft in redraft leagues probably because I think there is like a, a sort of decent chance that John Brown does get a kind of consistent week to week role in this offense and that Josh Allen is able to use his skill set to exacerbate what John Brown is good at. Do I think that John Brown has like a wide receiver too? Like, you know, like could he finish as wide receiver 18 on the year? Yeah. I mean, he might be able to, if he gets like six deep touchdowns or something, but you could probably say that about most players in the NFL. I think the Buffalo offense in general is just tough to project because week to week, things are just going to look so different based on, is Josh Allen playing well? Is Josh Allen hitting his short throws, the intermediate throws? Are they able to pick up first downs on third down? Because I do think this offense will be in third down a lot because they're going to be a run-run-pass team. So run on first down, run on second down, pass on third down. And we know those are some of like the least efficient styles of offenses in the NFL. But overall, I'm just excited. Right, I'm just excited to see what Josh Allen can become. I, I think I'm not quite as pessimistic on the Bills as a lot of other people are. Uh, finally, the tight end position. Not not a single one of these dudes are relevant in redraft. Dawson Knox, I mean, maybe he gets 30 catches on the year. Even that seems unlikely. Tyler Croft is actually sort of a, a semi-interesting player. Uh, I, he did have that one really good season with the Bengals, but it, it was just sort of all touchdown base. But he suffered a broken foot in OTAs, so it's probably just going to be you know, Dawson Knox or, or Lee Smith out there as a blocker. And maybe the team will run more like 10 personnel. So maybe they'll run more plays where John Brown, Robert Foster, Zay Jones, and Cole Beasley are all out on the field together. That certainly is possible. All right. So that is going to do it for us here at the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. Please make sure to check out rotoexperts.com, our NFL 365 package. I promise you, you will not find better fantasy football projections, rankings, dynasty content, redraft content, best ball content, NFL sports betting content. You just, you're not going to find better premium content out there on the market than you will at rotoexperts.com. You can get 10% off of our $39.99 package using the promo code Code Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.